This is the Thursday Night Podcast, your source for news, analysis, and all things Georgia State sports. Because every day is Thursday. Hello and welcome to this special edition of the Thursday Night Podcast. My name is Jordan and today we're welcoming Georgia State Offensive Coordinator Brad Glenn and Defensive Coordinator Nate Fuquay to the podcast. Brady and David had the chance to sit down with both coaches independently this past week to talk Panthers football. So first up, Brad Glenn. Well, me and David are pleased to be joined right now for an interview with Georgia State Offensive Coordinator Brad Glenn. Coach Glenn, thank you for coming on. Oh, no problem. Glad to be with you guys. So I wanted to start sort of at the very beginning, so to speak, since this is our first time having you on. What sort yeah. of drew you to the world of offensive play calling, even just past coaching? Because it is even that more level of responsibility and all. Gosh, you know, even going back to probably when I was 10, 11, 12 years old, for some reason, you know, I just knew I wanted to be a football coach. And and other than that, I was just draw, always drawn to the – to the offensive side, you know, drawing up plays. You know, I think my mom even a couple of years ago had some notebooks that she kind of kept hold of back when I was 10, 11, 12, that I had drawn up plays and, you know, designed pass routes and, and stuff uh, back from way back when. And, uh, but just kind of was always drawn to that side and, and, and drawn to the quarterback position, you know, growing up, I always just, Love, love quarterbacks and watching quarterbacks and, and, and watching all the strategy behind uh, all that stuff. So just from a young age, just really drawn to, to offense and calling plays and the quarterback position. And, you know, obviously your journey journey led you here to Georgia State. You came here in 2019. And, you know, I'm not sure you've had many better debuts uh, when the team goes up to Knoxville, puts up 38 and beats Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that, I, that, that was special. And I guess, you know, from your point of view, what kind of clicked with the offense from the spring when you got here to, you know, immediately the team was putting up record numbers on offense the first two years you were here? I think the first thing is just kind of the tempo that we played and practiced at. I don't think, uh, you know, Georgia State had been used to playing and practicing at that tempo, and 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 the people on our schedule um, had not seen it on film, and you know the teams in the Sun Belt had not seen it on film, and it kind of took them by surprise. And um, if you're if you're not ready for somebody, you know, playing that fast. You know, it can slip up on you. So so I think that just combined with with, you know, Dan Ellington being a special special guy at the quarterback position, you know, in this offense it's all about the quarterback and, and he kinda makes it go. He kinda has the keys to the car and we give that guy a lot of flexibility uh with things and, and ways that he can distribute the football and 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 Dan just kinda was the perfect fit you know, for me in this offense. So those two things combined, the tempo and plus the good quarterback play that we had from Dan just kind of made it, made it go. Hey coach. Uh, thanks for joining us here today. Uh, you know, I wanted to kind of bring a focus more on the 2021 season a little bit. Um, you know, obviously in the beginning of the year, things weren't going yep. according to plan, uh, offensively. Uh, so, you know, where did you guys as an offensive bearing trust kind of go to sort things out and kind of right the ship as the season went on? Well, you know, combined with the tough schedule that we had, we had, we had, uh, I think when back in the summer when we were kind of looking at the schedule, I think there were six 
or maybe even seven top 40 defenses, you know, that we had to face, you know, coming back from 2020. Um, so we had a, we had a tough challenge, you know, right there out of the box with, with army and they had, I think they were a top 10 defense or maybe, maybe top five defense last year. Um, so just the schedule was tough and, uh, you know, performing in those games just kind of hurt our belief, kind of hurt, hurt our confidence early on and just turned the ball over too many times. And then, you know, midway through kind of changed some things. Um, we kind of went to a little bit more of a, a, a running style of offense and running our quarterback a little bit more there with Darren when he took over at the quarterback spot. And we went a stretch there of, I want to say, four, maybe even five games that we only turned the ball over one time. And, and that was huge, being able to run the football, control the clock a little bit, and not turning o- turning it over. And plus our, our defense just kind of – um, they, they, they started, they hit their stride there at the same time. And so those two t- things combined together just kind of put us on this little stretch um, where we've been successful. Yeah, you know, you, you mentioned the uh, switch at quarterback uh, to, from uh, Darren Granger. Uh, you know, he kind of took over in the middle there. So, you know, I, I wanted to know what are your thoughts on, you know, Darren's play this year and kind of how he was the catalyst that kind of got the offense kind of out of the rut that they were in about halfway through the season. Yeah, well, going back to what I'd said earlier, you know, just didn't turn the ball over, you know, didn't put the ball in jeopardy. Uh, didn't put it at risk. And uh, that was huge, plus his running ability. Uh, I think he really stresses the defense, you know, with his ability to run. And uh, and then just the team's belief. You know, he kind of he came in and, you know, he's a very humble, likable uh, guy. And then and I think the locker room kind of bought into him um, a little bit there during that stretch and just got behind him and, and uh, the, the team has to have, have confidence in the quarterback, and, and, and they had confidence in Darren you know, right from the start. Yeah. You know, I wanted to switch gears and talk a little bit about that running back room, you know, obviously Tucker Gregg and Jam Williams, you know, they are a pretty good running back duo. You know, I call uh jam kind of the energizer bunny and Tucker is a bit more of a big bruiser kind of running back. So, you know, when you're, yeah. designing plays and, you know, and when you're kind of calling plays from the sidelines, like how do you pick and choose who goes in the game at what time? And, you know, kind yeah. of what, you know, what does that look like for you? Well, you know, those guys are, are two different type backs that complement each other. Well, you know, obviously Tucker, big, strong, physical downhill guy, you know, your typical fullback in the old, uh, the old uh, I formation offense. I mean, just big, tough, physical downhill, um, runs between the tackles well, has sneaky speed at times. Um, but, but guys, when you just keep getting a dose of him, you know, they don't want to tackle him, you know, because he just, he lowers those pads and plays with great pad level and, and, uh, teams just, just hate the, to linebackers and safeties just hate to meet him in the hole because he plays and runs so hard and runs so well. Um, and then you've got Jam that's a little bit, uh, more speed, a little bit shiftier, you know, smaller, a little quicker, make you miss in space. So those guys complement each other so well. And then, you know, we talk about throughout the course of the week, hey, these plays are more suitable for Tucker. These plays may be a little bit more suitable for Jam. So 
Coach Ellington has a good sense of, of who we want with what we're calling. And then, and then just a, a lot of it's on who's, who's got the hot hand at the moment. You know, you kind of want to feature those guys. If, if they're feeling good and having a good game, you want to keep giving those guys the ball. But, but uh, Coach Ellington does a good job of getting those guys in and out based on, on uh, the looks we're seeing and the plays we're trying to, to run. You mentioned Dan there, Coach Ellington, and I'm sure when you were about to walk in the room for the first time with Georgia State offense, if someone had said, hey, that quarterback that's going to be your starter is going to be on your staff with you from the next season on, it would have been one of those whoa moments. But, you know, it's happened. It's one of those awesome stories in college football. Just talk about his growth into the coaching role right out of being a Georgia State Panther. Yeah, exactly. If you'd have told me that, that'd have been like no way. <laughs> I tell I tell him all the time he's the luckiest guy on the planet. But that just doesn't happen, you know. To go for right from playing and into a a full time coach, coaching role. I mean, it, it's definitely a rare occurrence. But but you know, we we sense early on, you know, Dan's leadership abilities, um, the way the team looked at him, uh, looked up to him as a leader, and he just has those capabilities and characteristics that that embody a coach and and he wanted to coach and and uh, being a quarterback you know being a student of the game like he was it just kind of translates over and into being successful and you know he'll tell you just like I will you know he's growing every day you know you got a lot to learn I've been doing this for a long time and I'm still learning stuff every day um, but just his his makeup you know his character being able to being believable, you know, being genuine, being honest with the guys. Um, he's just got those characteristics to, of, of being a great coach. And, you know, I wanted to ask, since you've been here, the run game has taken a big leap, and it's definitely something Coach Elliott has wanted to instill. I'm sure you're the same way. And you get the yeah. situations where you're going forward on fourth and short in your own territory and feeling no trouble, yeah. and the defense knows what you're running and you're going to make those yards anyway. Just what has it been like to be able to get to that point with this offense? Oh, it's awesome. You know, anytime you can rely on a, on a good ground game, you're going to be successful. And, you know, myself and coach Elliott, both, you know, we, we have a strong belief is if you're going to be really successful and and have a chance to compete for championships, you've got to be able to run the football. And, you know, that's, that's one of the reasons he brought me here is, is is he knew I, I felt the same way about it that that he does, and uh, we've kind of attacked it from that standpoint since day one that we're going to be able to run the ball. And uh, tempo that I talked about earlier kind of helps it a little bit, and uh, you know to to be able to do that, and and then and then you got to look at the uh, our offensive line. You know those those five guys together have played together for so long and have so much chemistry. That, that you just feel like when the game's in jeopardy or when the drive's in jeopardy, hey, just put it on their backs. And um, and they've done a, a great job with it, you know, the last three years. And it's a rare occurrence to have uh, uh, those guys play together and, and not miss many starts at all, you know, in, in the past three years. So that's been a blessing for us. And sort of just bring it into closing and bring it towards the here and now. One more game this year in 2021, the – Bowl game, Camellia Bowl against Ball State. I guess it's a little early on in the scouting process, I'm sure, for you. But any initial thoughts, or just in general, the thoughts on the ability to go have that extra couple weeks of practice with the guys? 
well, it's great to get that get that time in and 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 keep developing, especially your younger guys. You know, some people take take those extra practices, those extra bowl practices, and and spend some time on the on the youth of the team, kind of developing some guys. But but you know, Ball State's going to be a tough opponent. They played uh, especially uh, on the defensive side. You know, we just started looking at them a little bit today, and you look at their numbers. Um, they've got good defensive statistics. You know, on the year, um, not giving up a ton of ton of yardage on either side, whether it's rushing or passing, um, and just the the little bit that we looked at today, really good uh, front seven, um, and and they shift kind of back and forth, kind of give you two different structures uh, from a four down look to a three down look that could give us some problems, you know, with our blocking schemes going back and forth, but uh, but a tough opponent, and and we're gonna have to. You know, have have good weeks of practice leading up to this bowl game, and 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 prepare uh, really well. And and again, go go out and take care of the football, and not turn it over. And and um, that's kind of the recipe that we've used these last six or seven games uh, for success. And we're gonna have to go do it again. Well, Coach Glenn, thanks for the time. Best of luck in the bowl game. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks, Coach. Thank you. We are joined right now, David and I, by Georgia State's defensive coordinator, Nate Fuquay. Coach Fuquay, thank you for joining us. Well, thank you guys for having me. Hope y'all are doing well tonight. Yeah, we're doing great. Pleasure to have you, Coach. Yes, sir. So I, I wanted to start kind of big picture because you've been on Coach Elliott's staff here at Georgia State since he's been here. You've been here all five seasons. And so you've you've been there from day one, so to speak. And so I just wanted to get your thoughts now four bowl games in five seasons on where the program has jumped, you know, where it's grown since you've gotten here. Uh, I mean, I think it's been, it's been awesome to be a part of it with coach, you know, uh, these five years, uh, been the good times and the bad times, but, you know, I think uh, we're still uh, continuing to build up our ultimate goal to bring a, a Sunbelt championship to Atlanta. Uh, so we're, you know, a coat of paint away this year in one game, but I think, you know, we're just trying to stack blocks on top of blocks each day by uh, the way we're coaching our kids and the type of kids that we continue to recruit uh, and just, uh, you know, the goals that we set for ourselves. And uh, I think, uh, you know, we're headed in the right direction with his leadership. Yeah, and talking about you know, this year's defense and kind of it bleeds into how last year ended as well. The, the defense kind of ended on a tear both the last two seasons and it felt kind of spurned on by the guys up front, the defensive line, outside linebackers. And, you know, maybe this is kind of the case with most defenses, but it kind of feels like when those are the guys that are making the plays, getting in the backfield, it's kind of raises the ceiling of the defense to just another level. Is that your feeling, you know, that that's what makes yeah. defense tick? Yeah, I mean, I think anytime you know, on both sides of the ball, I think we always talk about and you hear it a lot, you know, starts up front. And I think, uh, you know, when our front seven is playing really well, it, uh, our back end plays well. Uh, the more pressure, the more issues we can cause up front. Definitely it makes their job easier on the back end when they know they can't sit there and hold the thing forever. So, yeah, uh, you know, I think uh, when the front seven's clicking, uh, we're definitely uh, a much better defense. And, um you know, shoot, in the last every every game this conference, I think we played extremely well. Uh, I would say probably nine out of the twelve we played really well. Uh, the last year, I think we finished the last five on a really high note. So, just got to continue to be, uh, you know, bring that consistency and try to to put that uh, put it on display every week. So we're getting closer though. 
And, you know, obviously you coach the outside linebackers, but you played up the middle on the defensive line when your days in college. So I'm sure it's a position near and dear to your heart. And, you know, you get, you've had a guy there, Dante Wilson, for all his time here, all your time here, making those plays. And, you know, another guy, Thomas Gore, who I think he's listed at nose guard, but he was saying after the Arkansas State game, he's been playing some other spots on the line just because, you know, is that a case where you saw the guy making plays and you just knew you had to keep finding places for him to get on the field? Yeah, definitely. I mean, earlier, I mean, it could have been all the way back at camp, but he mentioned to me that, uh, you know, this is going to be his year that people will go, you know, remember his name. And uh, I think right before the coastal game, I mean, he's always been a really good technician and had a high motor, but we've really started talking as a staff that we got to get him on the field more. And I think from that point on, you know, we, he's been able to play the nose, uh, to spare Dante some, and then he's got the mobility uh, an athletic ability that we like as our boundary end as well. So we've been swinging him basically the last four games at that position, and he's really elevated his game and his mental aspect and uh, does whatever we ask him to do. So uh, big, big bright future still to come. I think he's got three years left. Uh, so, you know, we're really excited to, to, to be able to coach him for that amount of time. I'm sort of sticking with – that general group, the front seven, you know, I think it's probably fair to say that you want to have speed and quickness up there in that front. And it, it showed in a lot of these games down the stretch. And also it showed in the game against an SEC school in Auburn, where, I mean, the defense played maybe their best game of the year that day, you know, it ended in a loss, but I'm sure you were up there in the booth, really proud of what you were seeing on that day. And it's, you know, it goes to show that if you've got something like that, then you can be dynamic. doesn't matter who you're playing. You can make some plays, get some stops. Right, right. And yeah, the structure uh, of, you know, of our defensive front, our front seven, yeah, we're not the biggest guys. Uh, we don't ask those guys to uh, to hold blocks long and be, uh, as Coach T. Rob says, block gobblers. We want those guys to go make plays quickly and through their gaps. So uh, the big thing is, is playing fast up front and making bigger guys have to be able to move and block them. So, yeah, the way we're built and structured is to, to our advantage. Uh, with most of the teams that we play in our league, I think that's what we continue to recruit because uh, that's what we got to do. We got to win our league, and uh, and then even uh, bolded well for us against an SEC team a couple of times. So you know, there's times that you know uh, being smaller is a disadvantage, but uh, for the majority of the time, who we face and the schemes that we see, um, it works out really well for us. Hey, Coach, um, you know, obviously coming into the 2021 uh, school year, uh, you know, the position group that you coach, the outside linebackers, they were looking at a pretty significant loss with the departure of Jordan Strawn. Um, but, you know, there were a ton of guys who kind of stepped up and found ways to contribute. So, you know, if you wouldn't mind, just, you know, talk about the emergence of Jamil Mohammed, for example, you know, kind of being one of those outside linebackers who kind of took a step forward. Like, was that a surprise to you? You know, was there something that you kind of saw in camp and just realized that, okay, as the season went on, you know, this guy needs to get some more minutes? Uh, yeah, I mean, ever since we made the move, I mean, he was quarterback and then he was the inside backer for us for a brief stint. And then uh, last spring is when we officially moved to the outside backer. Uh, his work ethic and his determination to be a, a great player uh, is 
almost unmatched since I've been been coaching. I mean, he is a very, very mature, self-driven individual who wants to be great. Uh, so he works at it. Now, he's he's come a long way just playing defense and understanding defense. He'll continue to get better. Uh, but, yeah, he's just one that uh, week to week kept, you know, kept showing me that i got to get him on the field. And once again, uh, I think it was around that coastal game uh, that he got that opportunity and made a huge play for us towards the end with that forced fumble that uh, John Trey, the other outside backer, recovered. And, and then, um, you know, I guess Art State played a good bit and Troy as well had a really probably definitely his best game there. So, yeah, he's one that, uh, you know, with me and he knows it, you know, uh, Trust is a big thing. I got to be able to trust your execution, your memory, your talent, and your want to. And uh, he's definitely check, checking off all those boxes now. Yeah, no, I mean, that absolutely makes sense. Um, uh, I guess switching gears to another incredibly talented defender on Georgia State's uh, roster, you know, Ant Lane, it, you know, we I feel like we have to ask a question about Ant Lane, you know, and specifically, yeah. you know, you know, your thoughts on him, you know, what does a guy like Ant Lane do, you know, in a positive way? And how does he allow you to change, you know, kind of the defenses that you're looking to run against teams? Uh, I mean, he's just... Uh... He's a ball hawk, as you call him. He's just uh, the ball sometimes just finds the way to him. I don't know how to explain it. He's just one of those guys that has a knack for making plays in the ball, dislodging the ball. Uh, you know, he's got stuff you can't coach. He's just got it. Uh, so it's been a pleasure to have him. And once again, the young man we got for three more years. Uh, so, you know, he makes things easier. He uh, he fixes things when things aren't right. Uh but uh, he's a young man that just uh, is determined once again. He, he wants to be great. You know, he's hard on himself uh, when he doesn't make the play. Uh, so, you know, guys see that and, uh, you know, want to help him be successful. They want to help all 11 that are out there. So I think they all feed off of each other and, and want to be really successful and care for the, the guy next to him. <laughs> Yeah, you know, absolutely. And I, I think uh, the kind of the turnaround for the defense this year was when there was a really good synergy between the secondary and, you know, like you said earlier, the pass rush kind of getting home. And, you know, I, I guess just, you know, before we get you out of here, what would you say uh, is the most important part of, you know, like which part of that equation is the most important part for a defense? Is it, you know, a, an aggressive secondary or is it that pass rush that is able to get home? Uh, I guess it, it depends on who you ask. I think, uh, you know, the secondary coach might really want a really good pass rush to take stress off his guys, and an up front guy might might want to have a, a really good secondary in case we're not getting there. I think it's a really, uh, to be honest with you, uh, you need to have a good balance uh, between both, and I think we do. I think we can bring pressure uh, and cause havoc, and I think I don't think we have to always bring uh, more than four and, uh, and do a good job in coverage. Uh, the big things that we always talk about is as long as we're not giving up explosive plays for touchdowns, which, uh, you know, we, we haven't done a lot since I think uh, the one against App State in the second half. We've done a really good job of, of limiting that because uh, you always give yourself a chance. But uh, they've gotten smarter back there when they need to be aggressive, when, when they need to play off a little bit. Some of it is the scheme. Some of it uh, – is it? Um, so uh, we got a good little balance of, of allowing those guys to do a little bit of everything, and uh, and they do a good job of, of executing. I think those people uh, does a really good job with those guys on the back end and getting them to understand, 
you know, their techniques and their eyes and their footwork. And I'm just really, really glad I've had him on our staff the last two years. Yeah, you know, thanks, Coach. Um, sorry, just, uh, truthfully, last question here. Um, obviously, Georgia State got announced they're you know they're going to be playing Ball State um, in the you know bowl game coming up on Christmas, and you know it's obviously very early in your preparation. But you know, what have you seen from Ball State's offense? You know, that kind of makes you think, you know, okay, this is something that we need to take notice of, or you know, kind of what are your thoughts on you know Georgia State as they head into this bowl period? Uh, I mean, I think they they got good size, no doubt up front. Uh, you know, they got a veteran quarterback. Uh, they got some skilled kids. One of them being from from Georgia, uh, that's uh, really electric. Uh, but they just do a really good job of uh, you know doing what they do, running the ball, taking shots, but uh, don't make a lot of mistakes turning the ball over. So we're going to have to do a really good job of trying to to continue to be aggressive and, and creating takeaways, but. Uh, uh, big physical team that, uh, you know, we're going to have to go out and execute well. Coach Fuquay, thank you for taking the time to speak with us. No problem, guys. I'll have a good rest of your week. Thanks, you Coach. as well. All right, guys. See you. Thanks very much to offensive coordinator Brad Glenn and defensive coordinator Nate Fuquay for joining us on the podcast this week. We'll see you in the next episode with more Panthers sports content. See ya. If you like what we do and want to help out, consider subscribing to us on Patreon. Patreon membership is just $5 a month and gets you access to a variety of exclusive content made just for our subscribers. You can also connect with us on social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as at Thursday Night. And of course, you can always catch our written material on our website, ThursdayNight.com. The Thursday Night Podcast is a production of and copyright 2021 Jordan Crawford Enterprises, LLC. All rights reserved.